0: Up until about seven years ago, I would have been fairly convinced that I had a good understanding and knowledge of the music in- industry across a number of sectors and into specific bands and all that sort of stuff, you know, probably called Music snob, And I'd have been proud of that. And then I had a cup of coffee with a couple of friends. We were sitting down chatting about the Beatles and the two guys started talking to each other about the different pressings of vinyl that they would have had for Abbey Road and explaining the difference between one pressing and the second pressing and the third pressing and the value in the marketplace and I gave up I had a Abbey Road LM uh, on CD I had everything the beatles done on CD I have a couple of albums and furnace but I wasn't into that kind of minutiae you know and no matter how you would have pressed me I would never have been that curious about the Beatles I read a few books and would be watching documentaries and all that sort of stuff and listen to the music still but no way would I have that kind of interest. And that's really um, what I want to talk to talk about today is about that idea of curiosity, the notion that you're, as a sales leader, you're employing people who are as curious about the prospects, the business, the customers, profitability as you are. And it's also targeted at salespeople who join a company today and in five years time, they're just having the same level of curiosity and interest in their customers, because really dealing with customers and prospects in sales is all about problem solving. And what we're taught in sales often is how to sequence questions and how to prepare questioning techniques to ask questions of customers to help them. Um, And you get to a point where you both agree that the solution you're offering is, is right and good for the business. And there's very little teaching to be done on curiosity. I mean, how can you get somebody who doesn't like the Beatles to become more curious than the Beatles? Or music, or for that matter, your service or your product. How can you bring somebody into the automotive sector or retail or engineering and kid yourself that in a period of five five years or six months or whenever, that they're going to be more curious about their customers' problems than they are now? What I want to talk about today is um, something that was invented by Toyota, um, and it's become more commonly known as Root Cause Analysis. And as children, we were into Root Cause Analysis all the time, but A, we didn't know that that was the case, and B, our parents kind of stopped letting us be curious. Every time you asked a question, it was normally followed by another question, which was followed by another question, which was followed by another question, which was then followed by an impatient parent saying, go outside and play with your toys or whatever. And root cause analysis is all about five whys. Um, It's a method used to identify underlying reasons or causes for a problem or issue. Remembering that in sales, you are there to try and identify, quarantine, and solve problems better, quicker, more efficiently, more effectively, and sometimes more expensively than your competition. And you kind of need to be curious about the situation that your prospect or your customer faces otherwise you're going to read out really really well prepared but unconvincing questions that makes you sound like just another salesperson asking questions this goes way back to the 1950s um, and it's used across many different industries since because it comes from toyota it's heavily linked into lean manufacturing and six sigma and all that kind of stuff but it's been used in healthcare safety and finance and i think it's something that can be applied to, to seals and any kind of seals, um, and here's why I think that that is the case. So I'm going to cite you an example um, that's widely used to to show root cause analysis in operation. It's all about the Washington uh, Memorial that was um, wearing away due to the amount of cleaning that was being done. It was I was undergoing an inordinate amount of cleaning because uh, it was getting dirty. But what they were looking at um, was, we need to stop cleaning this because it's going to deteriorate the the monument. So the application of the five whys to that problem goes something like this. Why are harsh chemicals being used to clean the monument? The answer to that question is that the monument is being covered uh, in pigeon droppings. Next question is, why is the monument being covered by pigeon dobbins? Well, the pigeons are being attracted by the large number of spiders at the monument. That question then becomes, why are pigeons attracted to the spiders? And that's because the spiders are attracted to the large number of midges. That question becomes, why are the midges attra- uh, attracted to the monument? It's because the lights are switched on at night to light up the monument. Therefore, the problem, the Washington Monument is deteriorating. The solution becomes, turn on the lights one hour later. Um, And that's this is a really great example of this kind of intuitive thinking and questioning and interrogating the getting deep to the root cause of the problem, which is ultimately what your client or prospect wants help with. You know, you want to be able to prove to them that you have a clear understanding and empathy to their plight. You want to be able to explain that other other customers that you deal with are seeing the same picture. You've got market analysis, your intelligent application of that market analysis plus case studies is able to prove that, yeah, we we can help and this is why, but why is the problem specific to you? And you go deep and you go deep and you go deep and you come up with a fairly unique or bespoke solution that gives the customer the feeling that you actually care and you can solve the problem. All well and good. One of the unintended consequences of the Washington Memorial 5Y because um, analysis was that people who'd driven for miles and miles and miles to come and see the monument were disappointed that they couldn't get those photographs taken because the lights were off and as a consequence of their complaining the lights were switched back on again and so the idea is that it's a really really good tool um, but there are certain caveats that you must put into to place because you don't You see that as a very simple stage from the initial problem down to the solution of turning the lights off as a really, really easy and simple mechanic to use. But if you're asking the right kind of why, it goes deeper than that. And you shouldn't just expect answers to be that easy. And so because it's not as easy as it sounds and it looks quite difficult, most salespeople will be happy to revert back to asking loads of open and closed questions and directional questions and hard-hitting high impact questions and then we'll give them a cost and a price at the end that they'll never get a response to. Asking why shows that you're kind of curious, that you've got more than just a passing interest in the outcome of the conversation and it helps you build up a relationship as a trusted advisor and I think that that's what most business leaders and sales leaders want. Certainly what most customers and prospects want and ideally, it's what you as a salesperson should want. And you can coach this to yourself and you can train it, or you can get coaching in it. But be aware that just having the right questions lined up in a really, really structured format isn't going to get you to where you need to go. I remember years ago in a business that I worked in, um, the manager said to a team of us said, I get the feeling you guys aren't asking the right questions when you're out in the field. And it enraged us to the point of like, you know, the lady was on the back foot from for the next twenty minutes with everybody ch- pushing back at her. And whilst the sentiment of behind her question wasn't wrong, because we were probably coming back with incomplete um analysis of the problem. We weren't it's not a question of asking the wrong questions or the right questions. It's about having a sense of curiosity that's just about right for you to Show your customer and your prospect that you care about the outcome. And again, it's hard to fake that you're really interested in the Beatles. It's hard to fake that you're really interested in somebody having three pressings of Abbey Road when a you don't care, b it's beyond your bandwidth, and c you didn't really like the Beatles all that much in the first place. Um, A sort of a spider's web of a of a podcast, I think, but the sentiment is pretty clear. I hope, and that is take a joke at the five why root cause analysis question technique um, and see how you can apply that to your sales pitch to make yourself sound a little bit more enthusiastic and interested in the outcome of the prospect rather than holding the meeting and coming back and putting it on your um, list of things that you've done for that week. I hope that, that stimulates some kind of thinking on your part. Um, get in touch, please do. Paul at shift uk And um, yeah, I'll talk to you soon.